every single marketer and every single brand should be attempting to earn a disproportionate share of conversation. If you work for an organization where they say, bring us a chart that goes up and to the right, you have a challenge. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. I am here to inspire you, to excite you, to motivate you, to transform you, to energize you. Hello and welcome to Demandgen Visionaries. This episode features an interview with Mario Paganini, VP of Marketing at Stored. Stored is pioneering cloud supply chain, a new category of logistics solutions by combining both the digital and physical pieces that growing brands need for best-in-class supply chain operations in a plug-and-play, utility-like solution. Mario is a three-time head of marketing, leading two startups to unicorn status and one through exit, all before the age of 30. On this episode, Mario shares his insights into aligning brand awareness and demand generation, creating and converting demand, and qualitative versus quantitative marketing. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Demand Gen Visionaries is brought to you by Qualified. Qualified is the pipeline generation platform for revenue teams that use Salesforce. And they are the best. You can intelligently grow your pipeline by understanding signals of buying intent and have real-time conversations right on your website. Learn more at qualified.com. That's qualified.com. So please enjoy this interview between Mario Paganini and your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Demand Gen Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios, and today I am joined by special guest, Mario. How are you? Doing well, Ian. Good to see you again. Excited of all of the smart people that you could have on the show picking me. Quite an honor. Oh, indeed. I know that for a fact. Our many marketing chats about what you all are doing at Stored will come to the forefront. So we're going to chat about the really cool kind of marketing and the stuff that you've been doing at Stored. We're going to talk your career. We're going to talk to Mangen as always and marketing as a whole. So let's get started. What was your first job in demand? I've been thinking about this. And on one hand, you could say that I've never worked in demand. And then on the other hand, you could say I've always worked in demand. I kind of most accurately, it was at a company called Discuss. It's an audience engagement tool, aka the comment section for online publishers. And I joined them as a, a product marketer. And through a confluence of some fortunate, some unfortunate events, I showed up to work one day and then the company had changed drastically. And the CRO at the time was like, hey, Mara, you want to be the head of marketing now? Uh, Good luck. Have fun, man. And then from that point, things started to open up and my scope certainly increased significantly. And prior to that, really being much more of a kind of content and product marketing focused guy to seeing over the whole spectrum and have been doing it in some way, shape or form ever since overseeing entire go-to-market teams, overseeing full-stack marketing, obviously heavily inclusive of demand gen. Let's get to our first segment, the trust tree. With the knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the circle of trust. What, I thought we were in the trust tree in the nest, are we not? This is where we go and feel honest and trusted and you can share those deepest, darkest demand gen secrets. Tell us a little bit about stored and your role as VP Marketing. Yeah, so Stored were the pioneers of a new category of supply chain 
solutions that we call cloud supply chain. And the way I like to describe this to really anyone with supply chain is it's analogous to cloud computing. You think back to not even that long ago, 15, 20 years ago, you think back to the early 2000s. And I grew up here in Silicon Valley. So this is something that's near and dear to me. You want to start a, a tech company and the early 2000s, before you could write any code, before you could deliver any customer experience, get any feedback, you'd have to go out and lease warehouse space and then rack that space and put servers and computers in that building. And you would need to literally keep up with a commensurate amount of physical computing power to fuel your technology. And it creates this, you know, constant cat and mouse race where you've got CIOs and CTOs having, you know, cold sweats in the middle of the night because they're worried they're not going to have enough computing power and they're constantly optimizing as they grow. Even though that this was going on as recent as 10, 15 years ago, it seems absurd to even think about today because everyone that's in the modern tech space works with a cloud computing provider. They're working with a Amazon Web Services or, or someone similar. And they plug in Right when they get started, they instantly get all of the infrastructure, all the computing power they need to, to fuel their business from day one. And as they grow, that cloud computing provider magically expands with them and gives them exactly what they need when they need it. And those same people, instead of you know having the cold sweats over, did I put enough servers in my server farm, are thinking about how do I build better software, how do I deliver better customer experiences? And so what we're doing at Stored as opposed to trying to look at one individual piece of the supply chain stack and say, okay, how do we provide a better third-party logistics solution with cloud supply chain? We're delivering that same paradigm shift where you connect with stored once and get all of the technology you need to manage and optimize your supply chain backed by our massive logistics network that can give you all of the physical capabilities across transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, parcel, even packaging, such that as you grow, you're never going to need to go out and find another warehouse, another shipping carrier, another third-party logistics provider. You have that elasticity and scale that has traditionally been exclusive to the technology world, but in the physical world. So that's what we do at Stored. And then me specifically, I, I head up the marketing team here at Stored, encompassing all the traditional stuff you'd expect. So obviously heavily focused on demand gen, product marketing, content and communications, brand and design. And for our listeners, you could just go to stored.com and check out how different the marketing that you all have is one of the coolest websites. And we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But from the moment that we first met, and I learned about your marketing team, there's a lot of really cool stuff that you do the way that you think about marketing and differentiating within supply chain, which is, you know, historically, maybe not been the most exciting field. And, and you all do a lot of cool stuff. But who are Stored's customers? Who are the types of companies that you are selling into? And what does that buying committee look like? Yeah, so we're we're playing today pre predominantly in the kind of mid-market to enterprise space for physical goods commerce companies. So looking at folks anywhere from the range of 50 million up through a few billion plus in annual revenue, physical commerce companies, regardless of whether they're selling direct to consumer through e-commerce channels, through their own retail stores or a mix of trading partners. And unlike a lot of other players in the supply chain space that may service specifically e-commerce logistics or specifically B2B logistics, Stored is servicing you regardless of where you're selling or really what you're selling. 
and you have that ability such that today when we look at the market, everyone wants to be omnichannel. You sell direct to consumer and you want to get that security of being able to move mass amounts of product through the targets and the Walmarts of the world. You sell exclusively B2B today and you want that new revenue stream. You want that connection to your customers. The real challenge is figuring out how to do that. And so ultimately, when you have that right partner that can help you move either from direct to consumer to B2B to get to omni-channel or from B2B to direct to consumer to get to omni-channel, that's where the magic really starts happening. And then who's the actual buyer who signs the dotted line and how are they making that purchase? Ultimately, depends on really who in that ICP we're going after. In these kind of larger enterprise brands, the buying committee is almost exclusively housed within the actual supply chain logistics organization. So it's a chief supply chain officer, VP supply chain, VP logistics that these larger omni-channel brands are going to have a whole organization that's dedicated to making sure that they're efficaciously managing both the digital and physical elements of their supply chain. So pretty traditional setup and selling into the folks that really speak the language that, that we speak and have a lot of familiarity with the stuff that we do. In a lot of cases, I've actually kind of already brushed shoulders with a lot of the folks on the stored team. But what I actually personally find the most fun, and I think where some of the more out-of-the-box marketing that we deploy is acutely effective, is with some of these emerging direct-to-consumer brands where if you are a hotshot direct-to-consumer brand, your supply chain isn't this you know, back-of-office operation. It literally is the connection between your business and your customers and how well you're able to reach your customers is the make or break for your business. And with the importance of fulfillment for these direct-to-consumer businesses and the little bit earlier stage in their maturation curve, we're oftentimes dealing directly with a founder, with a CEO, with a COO. And, you know, we've talked to folks all the way through, you know, marketing, customer support, product development, and some of these smaller and up and coming organizations. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially like you said, or in those DTC companies, it, it is their whole company, right? Where everybody is dialed in from the go to market side to the product side. How do you structure your marketing work to acquire these accounts? Do you all have a traditional sales team? Do you have a traditional marketing team? Uh, how does it look? So yes to both. We, as traditionally defined, we have a, a sales team and a marketing team working obviously extraordinarily closely together that without that trust and partnership, I don't know how either side is possibly doing their job, even remotely efficaciously. So on the Marketing side, under my organization, there's really four functions. So we have a dedicated demand generation org that oversees a lot of the traditional digital marketing, lead generation, event, account-based marketing programs, as well as a SDR team. So that's kind of one of the four functions sitting under me, kind of your traditional demand gen playbook inclusive of a outbound SDR team. We have a product marketing team that oversees our positioning, messaging, sales enablement strategy, audience analysis, really kind of the internal glue that's connecting all the pieces internally from product development to go to market to operations and executive. 
We have a content and communications team overseeing our website, our blog, our social channels, which is definitely one of my favorite pieces of what we do here at Stored, as well as all of our external communications and PR efforts. And then we have a, a brand design team, the folks that are the real heroes, the, the experts that are able to figure out how to somehow continuously up the bar on quality and innovation as it relates to branding and visual design, as well as interactive web development. So those four functions sit under me on the marketing side. And then um, underneath Mario Rivera, my partner in crime, we have a few different teams largely denominated by product offering as well as by a segment of the market that they're going after. And do you have a marketing strategy that you subscribe to? How do you think about marketing? When I think about what we do at store, it really comes down to a few pretty straightforward buckets. And it starts with creating awareness, driving awareness in the market, creating demand. People need to know who you are. People need to know what the problem that they have is and how you solve it. Capturing that demand, which is making sure that as you see these intense signals popping up, people showing interest that you have the appropriate tactics in place, whether that be ads, whether that be webinars, whether that be cold outreach, LinkedIn, a, a mix of, of all of the above, and then ultimately converting demand. And so ultimately, I think one of the things that's somewhat unique about my vantage into demand gen really coming into the space as an outsider of, of someone who really kind of built my own career in the product marketing side is that I see a lot of demand gen folks who put so much emphasis on that capture demand portion of it. And I see entire organizations that think demand gen is that capture demand portion. And don't get me wrong, that's extremely important. And I'll be the first to admit that tactical allocation of PPC campaigns is the furthest thing from my personal strength. And yet it's extremely important. That said, I do genuinely believe to have an efficacious demand gen strategy, it is the combination of all four of those pieces. And depending on where your company is in its maturation curve, for stored, we're not a brand new startup, but we haven't hit that paradigm shift where every single company that ever thinks I have a supply chain problem immediately goes to stored. That for us, ultimately, if we were to put even the majority of our efforts into that capture demand phase, ultimately, the amount of demand we're capturing is going to be pretty small. And that small amount of demand that we do capture, they're going to be coming in thinking that we're going to solve the same problems that some other logistics company has taught them to think that they have rather than the problems that they truly have and the ones that we're going to be great at solving. And so in my opinion, you know, maybe a controversial take, but that create awareness and create demand piece of the puzzle, especially for a growing company or someone who's working to create a new category or shift a paradigm, might be the most important piece of, of the entire strategy. It's so true. But at the end of the day, it's like you said, if you're focused so much on capturing the demand that someone else is out there creating, when you get put up against a deal and it's you versus them, the way the problem is currently framed, especially if they're a legacy competitor, then that's 
probably how the buyer's going to look at solving their problem is is using that definition. Totally. And I think one one other thing I'd add on on strategy where I've spent more hours than I'd like to share listening to other people talk about marketing and demand and trying to learn. And there's so much great insight out there, but so much of it is gated behind a level of understanding of the tactics that not everyone is going to have. And so I almost feel like there's this level of gatekeeping in demand gen where it's like, if you don't know the secrets, if you don't know the codes, you're not going to get the insight. And for me, what really makes great marketing is unbelievably simple. It's about creating excitement and doing things that people like. So at the end of the day, whether it's your first day on the job as a new demand gen marketer or you're the CMO of some massive Fortune 500 company, the one piece of advice that I give to every single person on my team and every single person that I ever talk to about marketing is so unbelievably simple. Whatever you do, whenever you put something out there in the ether, whether it's an ad, a blog, a video, LinkedIn post, an Instagram post, a a freaking TikTok. Ask yourself, what about this is going to blow someone away? What about the thing that I'm publishing is genuinely going to excite people gets lost in the shuffle? And so obviously to build a efficacious demand gen program, you need the qualitative and the quantitative. You need the ops. You need the tactics. But if you're asking me to choose all of the tactical setup, lead mapping operations versus putting great content out there with absolutely no way to track it, if I could do one or the other, I'm picking, I'm posting completely untrackable, non-attributable content out there and dying on that sword of that's the way that's going to ultimately drive the most value for the company. At the end of the day, we're largely emotion driven. If you are incapable of creating some sort of positive emotion with the people you're going after, you can't even get to the point of building that trust and actually having that tactical conversation. Sure. I'm so curious. You know, you have this amazing website that is so different from other people's websites. You have this brand that's so specific You have a podcast called Supply Chain Therapy, which is so different from any other supply chain podcasts out there. It feels like you are so different from every other supply chain company out there. Clearly, this is all on purpose. Why did you feel the need to create a brand and a go-to-market strategy that is different and differentiated from what's out there? Really great question. And, you know, I'll give my specific answer, but here's the deal. So supply chain has been around for as long as humans have been moving physical goods. The idea of manufacturing products, moving those products, storing those products and getting those products to an end has been around since almost the dawn of humanity. There are companies out there that stored competes with that have been doing some of these physical services, whether that's freight trucking, whether that's warehousing, whether that's packaging, whether that's fulfillment, for no joke, 100 plus years. That's a lot to to come up against. And then you couple that with Stored is certainly not the only startup logistics company or the only logistics company that has some sort of a 
technology play with it. And so you look out into this sea of solutions. There's massive, massive, massive public successful companies with brand equity and 100 plus years of experience. There's a sea of startup companies that are trying to somehow fit that mold of operating at the convergence of logistics and technology. And ultimately, I look out at that and say, they're all doing it completely wrong. And here's why that despite, you know, how much money some of these companies have made and how much press they get, if you look at how they operate, they're all solving what I would consider to be the symptoms of a broken, dated, inefficient supply chain. If your supply chain is is inefficient or, or broken, yeah, you might run out of space. You need to get more space. Yeah, your orders might be delayed. You need to find someone who can get those orders out faster. Yeah, you might not have insight into this individual piece and you need to get a better report. But if all the solutions out there are just numbing those symptoms and not addressing the underlying causes, they're falling so far short of what we really need as consumers who rely on these brands for all of our products and these brands that are trying to grow. And ultimately, the true cure to data and inefficient supply chains comes when you can truly have that convergence of physical and digital, when you have your entire supply chain interconnected from a single source of truth, and you have the ability to move at a similar speed to the digital world in the physical world. So the approach that Stored's taking is radically different than what all of these other companies are doing. So when you combine the fact that there's so many people out there that I don't think we compete against, but admittedly, there's a lot more education you do in the market before the world sees it that way. And you couple that with the fact that our approach, our actual products and services, I would argue, are equally as differentiated as our marketing, if not more so. I think I look at all of our marketing and I say, wow, I'm so proud of that, but I'm still trying to fight the goal of making Stored's marketing as valuable and as cool as the services we actually offer to our customers. So when I look at it, it's like you run the game theory. Given that playing board, is there any strategy that you could even fathom working for what we're trying to accomplish that doesn't? involve us taking a radically different approach than everyone else out there. There is no light at the end of the tunnel for for a company like Stored if we play like everyone else out there in the industry. So in my opinion, it was a no-brainer. That doesn't mean I knew from the very beginning this is exactly how we were going to build our website. Smarter people than me helped us get to that point. But I knew from the very beginning that there was no possible path to success by playing the same game everyone else is playing. That Stored lives and dies by creating the game that we're going to play and then beating everyone else at that. And by the time that our competitors realize they should be playing the game that we're playing today, I think it's going to be too late. And I know I'm going on here, but last thing. Last night, actually. Last night is perfect timing. Yeah, go ahead. Something that I predicted a year ago actually happened. I won't name the company, but I saw another company brand themselves as a cloud supply chain solution. And from the very beginning when we started building this category, I always said, one day 
we will see people emulate us. When I was younger, I would see people copy my company's marketing and I'd get upset. But, you know, the amount of joy I had last night from seeing this because it reinforces that ultimately we are playing the game of the future and everyone else has the choice of either you can go another 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 years playing the game of the past, but that road is going to end. And the sooner that other players in this space realize that cloud supply chain is the future and realize that any solution they offer to commerce brands needs to operate at that convergence of physical and digital, they're going to start copying us. I was just filled with joy to see this actually like immediately went and slacked a bunch of people internally and actually made a LinkedIn post about it today. I was just so happy because we're the first cloud supply chain company. We're currently the only cloud supply chain company, but I don't think that's going to last for long. That's a good sign that it's working. Let's go to the playbook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playbook is where you open up that playbook and talk about the tactics that help you win. What are your three channels or tactics that are your most uncuttable budget items? Okay, so 100% content is number one. If you don't have great content, nothing else matters. I talk to my team a lot about all of the things that that we do, and at the end of the day, no matter if it's enabling our sales team, generating awareness, generating more leads, attracting new talent for store, it doesn't matter how great your promotion tactics are if the stuff you're putting through the pipes sucks. So ultimately, keeping the bar outrageously high on the unique nature, the quality, the production value, and ultimately the insightfulness. It's not all bells and whistles. It's about providing real to prospects. So content is absolutely number one for me. You and I both have talked about this in the past together off air, but it just blows my mind that people don't realize that there's a minimum quality standard, which is really high for companies to create content. And it's so funny because all the stuff that you all put out is really high quality. The design assets, all the other stuff, it's hard to do that. It's expensive. And for maybe first time marketing leaders or or people who are trying to up level their game, it requires an amount of faith. It's impossible to do it without great talent, without great resources, without, in, in a lot of cases, some really great external resources. I feel like we, we live in this world where every marketing team is like trying to shield the world from the contractors or the agencies that they work with to accomplish this stuff. I think it's kind of the opposite. Getting content and getting really anything to that A++ level requires having the foremost experts. For the listeners, you know, the reason I know Ian is he works with me on the Stored podcast. And when we thought about producing some sort of an asset like that, the decision was either we are going to make the best supply chain podcast there's ever been. I don't think we're, we're there yet, but we're on a path to get there. Or we're just not going to freaking do it. And so, you know, you need to have that conviction and faith to be able to convince the rest of leadership, the board, whomever, that these are investments worth making. It's 
the reality, like you said, there's so much stuff out there that anything that's not A, A plus level just gets totally thrown by the wayside. To me, it's A plus or bust. And that's the mentality that folks absolutely need to have. I mean, we talk about all the time, there's no traffic on the extra mile. Like you have to go the extra mile. All of those things matter on the extra mile to make it that much better, to make it that much more interesting, to make the show that much more targeted or the asset that much better. If you already have gone this far, you may as well just go a little bit further to take it to an A. The other two kind of tactics or pieces that I could never see cutting or, or never lower the bar on talent, and that's extremely obvious for everything we've been discussing over the last five minutes that it doesn't, you can have the greatest fricking process in the world and the greatest, all the peripheral things. If you don't have great talent, it's not going to work. So absolutely talent. And then the last one I would say is audience targeting and audience research that without a unbelievably strong understanding of exactly who your audience is, what keeps them up at night, what are the real problems that they have? I see so many marketers that go out with this kind of generic marketing and assume that you know magically the people they're going after, it's gonna resonate with them. But ultimately, and this is something I stole from another great marketer, the folks over at Gong, I freaking love their marketing. One of, the, one of their folks years ago told me that if you can communicate a customer's problem more clearly and more eloquently than they can themselves, you're always going to be the solution. And so you just can't compromise on knowing who your audience is, deeply understanding their problems And then using that to both make sure that with all this great, that you're able to create great content that resonates, but also, you know, that content, if you're incapable of actually getting that content in front of the true people that it's going to move, you know, all this investment is for naught. So talent and then audience understanding and targeting would be my two and three. I have to ask about the website. So what went into this? Because this thing is crazy. It is the most unique B2B website. It's got to be the most unique one on the show. Crazy. There's a lot of great, great sites out there, but um, I, I think when we set out to make it and from the beginning, there was never a point in time where we've got to go do this. It wasn't until months into the process that we actually got to the point of like, this is how we're going to do it. A lot of that deep analysis, soul searching on the stored side, audience analysis, a lot of research that was done months of work prior to any sort of design being being put together. But we knew going into this process when I joined Stored about a year and a half ago, I was just unbelievably, in a way that I don't think I've ever been before in my life, blown away by the innovation and vision put forth by by Sean and Jacob, the co-founders here at Stored. It's, you know, I get a handful of people on a weekly basis hitting me up about, oh, you should come and, you know, talk to us about working here. And 99% of it is, eh, this seems like a total waste of time. But, you know, when Sean and Jacob hit me up and I started talking to them, I don't think I've ever been more taken back by the potency and power of their vision and the innovative nature of how they were approaching supply chain problems. And so I was like, all right, sign me up. But I pulled up 
all their marketing in the site and not to say anything negative about old stored but if you looked at stored's old site on wayback machine you might say it's one of the worst b2b marketing websites you've ever seen so i was like we are solving this massive problem we are these hyper successful category creators we have a vision for what could be decades of success to come after this and no one in the world gives a shit about it and most people in the world don't even know about it It was from the beginning i knew that we needed to up level our marketing our branding both on the messaging and positioning side because it's not all flash needs to have the substance but also on the flash side and the branding side to like i said at the top it's not about necessarily making our marketing the best ever it's about making our marketing and branding on par with the value and innovation driven through our product so we kicked off a a a process we partnered with these folks studio freight out of columbus ohio again i'm very transparent about who we partner with these guys are absolute ballers they've made some of my all-time favorite websites and you know when it came time for us to work with someone there really wasn't anyone i could think of kind of other than than them to go on this journey with and obviously they knocked it the, the heck out of out of the park but from a process perspective first probably month two months was all about understanding like we need to be so unbelievably crystal clear about what the stored vision is who we're doing it for what we care about philosophically how do we want to be perceived by the market what do we truly want to communicate and once you have all of that it's challenging for people like me who aren't designers by trade to get really deep into the visual and brand design world and it's impossible to do that without that kind of baseline and that understanding so once we got that we were able to have a lot more productive conversations and brainstorm, you know, mood board ideation on what we actually wanted this shit to look like because we knew this is what we were trying to communicate. And at its simplest form, we really see stored as an optimization company. We're not a software company. We're not a logistics company. We're not a transportation brokerage at the deepest level we got down to what the essence of stored is so the essence of a toy is to be played with for example the essence of stored we actually made up a word we called it omni opti unlimited optimization in every direction and so the true value of what stored provides to customers isn't some physical logistics or some dashboard it is the ability to optimize across the physical and digital worlds. And so as we started to figure out how do we actually communicate this very abstract concept that we're just grappling with ourselves and through a lot of exploration, we came to this conclusion, how cool would it be to actually be able to physically show what's going on? And so what we did was we built this huge, 3D supply chain world, like a fictitious city with a port, with retail stores, with houses, apartment buildings, warehouses. And as you go to our site, it's all live 3D in the browser. You see this just live city with traffic, with products moving, with 
containers being taken off the port with deliveries being made. And from when you land on the site, you see that God's eye view and there's this huge stored control tower looking down on the whole experience to symbolically show that God's eye view, that optimization that stored provides. And then as you scroll through the site, we actually pan through that entire experience port to porch of how stored helps you both specifically what we do from a capabilities perspective, but also how we tie all those pieces together. That's so cool. And it's just cool to see how much thought you all put into the website and how important it is to you all and and the brand. And obviously we talk about this every episode. It's the storefront, it's everything in between, but to see just how much effort and energy you all put into that is cool. It's, it makes it something different than just a website. Yep. And that's pretty neat for a B2B company. All right, let's get to our quick hits. Quick questions and quick answers. Just like how quickly you can talk to somebody at Qualified. If you go to qualified.com right now, Qualified prospects are on your website and you can talk to them quickly. If you use Qualified we love them dearly. They've been with us since the very first episode of Demand Gen Visionaries, and they'll be here for the 100th episode and the 1,000th episode and many more. Quick and easy is qualified, just like these questions. Quick hits. Mario, are you ready? I'm ready. We like qualified, too. We don't work with them, but we've been chatting with them, and uh, we're, we're very excited about uh, what they do and appreciate them having us on. Heck yeah. Huzzah. That's awesome to hear. What is a hidden talent or skill that's not on your resume? I was about to say vegan chocolate chip cookies, but I like legit think that's on my resume. So that doesn't, that doesn't count, but I'm like stealthily athletic. I'm like, (laughs) I, I go and go to the basketball gym and I'm this like average size, like white guy. And people are always very impressed by how quick and agile I am. So I'll say like, Stealthy white guy basketball moves. Uh, do you have a favorite book or podcast TV show that you've been checking out recently? Favorite book? I would say Eat and Run by Scott Jurek and podcast Supply Chain Therapy with Stored. Love it. Do you have a favorite non-marketing hobby that maybe sort of indirectly makes you a better marketer? I run ultra marathons competitively and i don't know if it makes me better at marketing it is a long like physically and literally a long haul endurance sport and great marketing is not about quick wins is not about launching that next google ad it is about figuring out what your vision is creating a great brand and having that endurance to make it the long run and admittedly endure some pain along the along the journey to get to the end you know if you if i think about the roi or value of of marketing over time most companies curves look like this it goes down you're going to have to survive this period where you've been hired as a CMO as a company, you know, you spent a bunch of money, you haven't driven any results, your CEO, whoever you report to is asking you, and you have to be the one that has the conviction to hold to your guns and know that all of this foundation you invested in is eventually going to turn that hockey stick uptick. So maybe there's some some parallels between ultramarathon and marketing, but that's what I got. 
I think you just proved it. Uh, all right. What advice would you give to a first time VP of marketing who's trying to figure out their demand gen strategy? Easy, actually. Make sure you are genuinely really excited about what you're doing. Because if whatever you're doing doesn't like get you jumping out of your seat and like so excited to share with the world, no chance anyone else is going to care about it. I love it, Mario. It's always great chatting with you. I love the energy. We could probably go for another hour. Uh, uh, any final thoughts? Anything uh, Anything to plug? I've got, I believe in so much. I have a stored tattoo and we've actually launched the stored tattoo program. Oh, so yes. Originally it was just for employees, but I'm willing to open it up to anyone in the world. You want a stored tattoo? Invoice me, stored marketing, picking up the tab. You need the exact uh, graphics? You know how to find me, Mario at stored.com. Offer to anyone and everyone. Sweet. Well, if you want a tattoo, free tattoo, then uh, you know where to find Mario. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, Ian. Good chatting with you, man. Demand Gen Visionaries is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com, a conversational marketing company that's on a mission to transform the way B2B companies sell. Go to Qualified.com to learn more.